leftist, rightist, downist, oh no, it's Hybris on the Amigos! Hello everyone, welcome to my new nightmare, I mean welcome to the Amigos, everything Amiga podcast, I'm your good pal, Amigo Aaron. Joined by a man, uh, every time I see him in this seat, I know it's bad times, filling in for the boat again this week, it's the Brent. Yes, and speaking of boats, we might need one soon as the floodwaters are rising. It's true. And we're playing a little bit of hybrid. It's true, because uh, as we record this, folks, uh, 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 typhoon scumbags rolling through Hurricane West Virginia. It's a hurricane and hurricane. That's and, it. And we're going to just keep on trucking. You may hear some weird noise, you may hear some rainfall, but just remember, that's special effects performed by an Amiga, I swear it is. Please help me, I'm kidnapped! That's right, so listen, before we get into the hybris this week... Oh yes! You know, now, we don't get to talk to you too much about your Amiga history, the Brent. Yes. And, but you you were there with me, we both had the Amiga, we were hanging and banging. Until you took it away when well, you went to college. Well, I know, it wasn't that long. Well, but anyway... So, you know, when you first, because you were a console kid, you had consoles yes. before we got the Amiga. Absolutely. What was your impression of the Amiga as a game-playing machine, given your background? What did you think of the old girl? Eh, it's all right. Uh-huh. No, here's the thing. It, it's tough coming from Nintendo and Super Nintendo into a computer console, uh, mainly because of load times. That was the biggest yeah. draw for me. Uh, I mean, the, the games were fun. The graphics were fine. The sound was amazing. But those load times, especially a game like um, Three Stooges. Yeah. I mean, it just beats you down, and it just keeps beating on you the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because here we are in 2023 as we record yeah. this. Life is good, fellas. Stuff for we got WHD load. Yeah, you got uh, virtual floppy drives with, with a uh, quick in, uh, like with a quick run. Yeah. You know, you got everything you need. Few remember, or I'm sure more than a few remember, back in the day when you had to load this stuff off disk, and especially if you were playing something like Body Blows, a Street Fighter Two, something like that, you sit there forever. And Three Stooges is the perfect example of a game that just you loaded in between every screen yeah. nonstop. It was a huge pain in the butt, but you know we enjoyed it. And luckily for us, because you were also around when we had the Coco. And we used to load stuff off tape. Do you remember yes. loading stuff off tape? And yeah. But here's, there's actually, a, there's a, a few differences, right? Yeah. Here's the thing with loading off tape. When you load it off tape and it worked, it was the greatest feeling of all time. Yes, it was. Okay? Yeah. It just, it, and if a game was crap and you didn't know it was crap until you loaded it, you still played it for two hours. Yeah. Because you were like, man, this took like 30 minutes to load, and it failed seven times. I'm playing this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. We were lucky because we had the Coco, and the Coco loaded stuff pretty quick. It was never yeah. more than a minute or so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't you like the, the Ataris. And the, and the Ataris and the ZX, these other machines, the C64, you could sit down for 15, 20 minutes and load something. And we never really had to go through that, thankfully. Blue Max never loaded on the first try. Yeah, that, ha <laughs> that happened a lot back in the day where you were having to load stuff over and over and over. The good thing about tapes is you could also store like about a, a million games, but then you had to go through the process of actually trying to find Writing out. Writing down all the counters. Right, and, yeah. yeah. And then you had to make sure you make sure you reset the thing. And I always screwed that up. And you had to go through and try to reload stuff again. And I'm sure they did that over in, in Europe as well. I mean, when they yeah. bought a game, it only had the one game on there generally. Sometimes you'd have more. Yeah. But we would make our own. And then, of course, you get the old uh, double stereo tape decks, copy those suckers up. I remember when I went to karate, there were people that had tapes for the Coco. We would do duplicate them while we were doing the karate. It worked out great. Come home with a bunch of new games. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, man, when I got that disk drive, that was a good day. That was a day. Yeah, that's a game you know. changer. Now, do you do you have any particular memories of what your favorite Amiga games were when you Dragon's Lair. Yeah, it was, it was an epiphany, wasn't it, yeah. when it happened? Yeah, it's one of those things where I could never do anything in the arcade on Dragon's Lair and, and Time Warp, right? Yeah. And then when I got it home, and failure was only a, a calculation of your time, 
you just work. You work, you work, you work, and you find out how to get through it. Yeah. And it felt good. It felt. It almost felt like you were stealing. Yeah. Because you didn't have to pay all that money to figure well, it to out. Well, to be fair, we were stealing. Hey, 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 <laughs> I own it now, so everything we ever did before was cool. That's it. That's the new rule. If you buy it now, all the piracy you put together, it's all it's all null and void. I'd have to fill this house and several other homes with discs. <laughs> Pull that trick. Well, with all that said, Brent, uh, let's get into it and with a little bit of the old hybrid. Oh, man, yes, it's hybrid. Now, for you astute, long-time listeners, Brent, this was the game that I selected for the very first inaugural episode of Amiga's Everything Amiga podcast. This is one of our second look episodes. And if you're going to look at one twice, this oh, is the man. one because it's so long ago. It's funny now. I, I, I miss Boat because I only Boat could understand this. But you probably remember. I don't even know if you knew what we were doing when we started the uh, Podcast, or even knew we were doing it. Did you even know we were I, doing it? I, I didn't question what you guys were doing alone in the basement of, of John's house. Well, that's <laughs> thank you. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, when we when we recorded this, I mean, me and you had recorded some shows. Classical gas, and, yeah. What and a they, disaster! It never went anywhere. We didn't care, and so I just assumed that uh, this would do the exact same thing. So uh, I'm surprised to be sitting here today. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, so let's talk about the Hybris. Uh, this was uh, released in 88. One disc, uh, uh, Brent, and it was developed by an outfit called Copcom. Copcom only did this on the Amiga, this and Battle Squadron. I looked into Copcom. It was founded in 87 uh, by Martin B. Uh, Pedersen and Torben B. Larson uh, to make Amiga games. Uh, it said, uh, from what I found out, uh, Pedersen started out with a ZX81 and then switched over to a ZX and eventually moved over to an Amstrad before he rolled up to the Amiga. Uh, because so you do it. He, because he thought the Amiga would uh, have the uh, have enough jack to do games that they thought were going to be really good. And that's why they started looking at the Amiga in 85 or 86. This was their first Amiga title, if wow. you can believe that. Wow. Uh, the publisher of this is Discovery Software, and Discovery was an American outfit. Uh, uh, listen, every, if you're going to only publish three or four games for the Amiga, why not make them awesome? Uh, they did Zoom, they did Ultra Ball, they did Arkanoid, your personal favorite, and they did Sword of So Freaking Damn, which I also love. Uh, so Discovery, for a, a little a little as time as they were around, they did some good stuff. The Discovery wasn't around that long. Uh, so, the uh, fellows that worked on this were geniuses, and they utilized the hardware flaw uh, on the Amiga to enable hybrids to use more than eight default sprites per scan line. Now, I don't wow. know what that means exactly, but I know hybrids looks and sounds better than most games of that era. Uh, and so, I'll give them that. They also, these guys get this. You ever heard of the Hugo the Troll TV show? Uh, yeah, I, I know of Hugo as a character. So this was this was a show that ran over in Europe. I think it's like oh, it's Danish or whatever. But I've heard people talk about. it. I guess it got around. These guys worked on that show. Same guys. Uh, so not too bad. They had a good. They had a hand in a lot of good games uh, back in the day. And I think this one here is an, is an outstanding game. And I should mention their other uh, the other big title from these guys was Battle Squad, which is sort of the successor to this. Another outstanding game that we've covered. You don't like you don't like Battle no, Squad. Battle Squad is great. I just I don't I don't compare the two. Yeah. Well, I mean I do. There's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, in, I mean, it's literally the game that came after this. So theoretically, I don't know if they're tied in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the music in this Paul Vanderbilt. Oh. It's awesome. The opening yeah. theme for this is one of the Amiga all-time great yes. themes. Yeah. I mean. It comes out and it's got a rich sound that you just—it's just a even today. And what they did was what Vander Valk did here with this music was it had a rich sound and it was also spacey sounding and it also had a a, 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 a 
a space. Uh, it had a chorus and a theme to it that was almost like an anthem, like Star Trek or something. Sure. Like, you know, and it was, and that's not easy to do. And so he combined all that into a really great, rich song. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious this guy knew what he was doing yeah. from a composer thing, not relating to video games. Uh, and then he moved into the video game world where he made this incredible theme. Yeah, he, he a real a real superstar on this one. Uh, and so let's get into the game itself. Uh, Hybris is a vertically scrolling uh, shoot 'em up. Um, I would say if you were going to compare Hybris to an arcade game, I mean you could compare it to a lot of the just old school. Shoot 'em up games where you you know you go up and down across yeah, the a, a raiding type or, or well uh, yeah, I'm out, a slap fight uh, maybe some well, the, like a 1943 or something like that. Um, so believe it or not, this thing's got a backstory, which I actually I've got it written here. So I've got to I'm going to read this. Okay, this is out of the manual here. It says um, this is it's, the manual is written at the beginning of it, it's written like you're getting a memo or a communique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It says, uh, Interstellar Memorandum, Classification Priority 1, to the Command Center Planet Earth from the Space Station Hybris. We have begun our, begun our scheduled orbit of planet Jurica. All attempts to communicate with the Earth colony have yielded no results. Uh, two pilots have been chosen for the mission, J.P. Lovett and K. Lovett. Both are extremely well qualified and have explicit instructions to remain on the planet till they find the colony, whatever the cost. <laughs> Due to great distance between Jurica and Earth, we will continue, or I mean the Earth, I should say, we will continue Earth. Earth's better. Uh, we will continue to forward transcripts. And so if you go through this thing here, it's got little transcripts from the different things. So basically your job in this is to go and rescue uh, the, rescue some people that are on the planet. That's the goal. Uh, the game is broken up into three long levels, and I mean long, brother. They're fairly long. And each level will consist of a, two boss battles with the same boss. You, you basically fight him once. I guess you sort of injure him. He yeah. retreats for a, a while, and then you and he goes off uh, again. Uh, the first level of the game is a sort of a jungle uh, level. Uh, where you're going through like forested area uh, and like a desert. The second area is over water. Yeah, waterways. And then the last area, the rarely seen third area, is almost like an organic level. Like you're, I mean, it's real weird. It looks like there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of the bad guys on it. It's Geiger. Yeah, yeah. So. Before we get into too deep into this thing, Brent, when you first, I know you remember playing this one from back in the day. Oh, yeah. And you played it this week. When you first saw Hybris, did it leave an impression on you? Did, did, did it do anything for you? Musically. Musically. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, got a, it's got a tune that will stay with you. Yeah. Um, is the game visually impressive? Heck yeah. Not saying it's not. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's not something that's going to blow your socks off. This isn't one of those pull out to impress your friends visually type game. You, where this game really shines is its playability. Well, it's funny because I pulled this out to impress my friends when I first got the <laughs> when I had the Amiga One Thousand. I'm sure I mentioned this story on the show, but I had uh, the Chud, my friend the Chud, over the house for for, for just we used to play games all night. He'd go home like six, seven in the morning, right? And one night I had just gotten the Amiga, and he was killing me for buying this thing Amiga because it wasn't a DOS based machine. He was right. just killing me for it, and I'm like, listen. I know you like shoot 'em ups. I'm gonna put this game in here and let you give it a shot. And I put Hybris in because the, the Amiga, amongst a lot of my friends, had this rep for being a, a, a machine with great openings and dim and a great uh, cinematics. But mm-hmm. when the game went down, it was just the same old stuff. That right. was sort of the that was sort of the take on it. And when I fired this up for him, he grabbed the stick. And he he just didn't say anything, and he just started playing it, and he played it till I fell asleep. And when I woke up, it was morning, and he was still playing it. And his eyes were bloodshot, and he looked at me. And this is I swear to God, this is a shoot. He goes, "How much do you want for this Amiga?" That's what he told me. He was ready to buy the Amiga to play Hybris. He loved it that much. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. When you play Hybris, you can definitely get that kind of vibe. Sure, it's, it plays so smooth. Oh, and it's. For as early in the Amiga career that as it was, it's still one of, if not the best shooter. 
Well, I wouldn't call it the there. I think Hybris has a lot going for it, and you got to remember the, the Amiga. I mean, saying the Amiga debuted in, in '85 is wrong. I mean, it did, but it didn't. No one had one, right? So you're saying so. The, really, the earliest people are going to have these things is '86, and this came out in '88. So it, the Amiga only been around for a couple years, yeah. And when this, I, you know, if you play a lot of the early shmups, they're pretty basic. And then this thing yes, hones into view, thing. and it's gorgeous. It's got music and sound effects. They did a very clever thing in this with the music, where like it would cut out, and they would cut out channels where it to play special effects and bring mm-hmm. music in, and it worked great. Yeah. It was a brilliant thing to do. So not only did they have the opening theme, then they had a theme that played through the levels as you played it. I think it only had one theme for all the levels, but still, having anything was was something. And then on top of that, it looked like an arcade game would look in the earlier 80s. Yes. Now, in 88, eh, probably not. But it, this looked like something you would have played in an arcade, say, 83, 84. Oh, no, even later than that. You know, I think you're forgetting how bad things yeah, were in well, 84. I mean, it looked like... My point is, it looked like something that you could say, hey, this is an arcade look to it. It, yeah. it played like an arcade game. Uh, there was a lot of nuance to it that you didn't get in a lot of shooting games. For example... Uh, I love it that you could upgrade your ship. Yes. You could actually downgrade your ship if you get hit right away. And your yeah. the ship you start off with actually goes down. And then you've got, there are a, a, in total, there are five levels of ship you can get. Yes. And if you get the last level of ship, it's outstanding. It looks like a giant iron butterfly. It also can shoot frontwards and backwards with these big lasers. Every time you upgrade your ship, it upgrades the ship. It's a look. Yes. It's not just like a special laser. Yeah. Your ship changes. It gets bigger and cooler looking. The bullets get more powerful. On top of that, the game had what you would expect, which is smart bombs, which is are handy. But you also had the ability to change the, the layout of your ship. Yes, the transformation. Which is really cool. Yes. Uh, and it will let you... And unique depending on what power-up you are. Sure, on. absolutely. And it, what this would do is it would give you a different spread on your bullets. You know, it would give you uh, uh, different ranges. It was great. And it was really something I, that I don't think I'd seen that up to that point uh, before. It also had... The, another thing it had that was really unusual to me is occasionally you would shoot something and this electric ball would bounce back and forth across mm-hmm. the screen. You could you didn't this thing didn't hurt you, it helped you. It would if you run into it, it would give you a certain amount of invis- an invincibility for yes. a while. Which was really cool. I, I thought that was a neat angle. And also there were little hidden prizes throughout the levels that like you could Pepsi get. Pepsi cans. There, and, yeah. yeah, there was like a it looks like something like a a, a, a floppy disk and a yep. banana and a pear. You know, some pretty weird stuff. Um, the enemies in this are what I would call upgraded basic enemies. They, unlike, say, something like a Blood Money, where you just had random shapes and just sort of zoomed around in patterns, these were things that sort of looked like they could be alien ships that bounced around in patterns. Well, no, you're selling this way too short. The the uh, Each enemy type... Had its uh, its own unique color, yeah, and its own unique attack pattern, yeah. And those part of of playing the game and learning the game and getting better at the game is you started to recognize attack patterns from different types of ships, yeah. That's and true. that was very important, yeah. It was, but I'm just saying I, this is. I would say this was a, at least one or two steps up from something that just had generic shapes coming at you. But it's not like this is a something like you'd say, like say you would see in Raiden. Where there were ships, there were multiple uh, sets of ships, but multiple patterns plus other stuff going on. No, I disagree. I think this is on par with that type of shooter. Okay, wow. But, well, there you go. Because because it wasn't like there were only two or three. Yeah. There were literally eight or nine oh, different yeah, ship types, and, and and each squadron had their own patterns. That it would have been nice for for the each individual ships to have like two or three patterns to kind of keep you on your toe. Yeah. But I think they did an excellent job with that. So you were happy with the uh, the, the the bad guys? In sure, there. because you also you get full squadron kill bonuses, uh-huh. which I love in shoot 'em. It's something that really needs to be in more, uh, and so it, it really makes you fight to kill that last guy. Yeah, um, it had ground forces, and it does something I love. Most of the ground forces are behind shields. Yeah, so you can't just shoot them head on. You have to kind of maneuver around the shields to shoot at them. Uh, because it, it makes sense. 
Right? I mean, they had enough, this alien race that you're attacking had enough time to set up defenses. It makes sense. Uh, the terrain is multi-leveled. Yeah. It's not like you fly down into the train, but you can actually see where there are cliffs, and sometimes a, a gun might be down in a ravine or up in a cliff, and it makes sense for their placements. Yeah. Um, it's an illusion that works. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is just... Is Hybris flawless? No. It's got two major flaws. I don't know if you want me to get into that yet or not. Well, we might as well. What, 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 did, what did you have a problem with? Major flaw number one: too short. Yeah, too well, short. I mean, it's 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 three levels. Three levels. Then are long levels. They are long levels, but it's too short because you can play through the entire game, beginning to end, in less than thirty minutes. I mean, it, but I mean, did you get that far? It doesn't matter. Yeah, but did you get to the second level? Whatever? I definitely got to the did second you ever get level. To the third level. I, I don't. Think so? At least not this week. So I, I can't talk about my previous. I rarely get to go to the third level, uh, but I did get there. And I, it, you're right. The le- it, I wish there were more levels, and and the levels are super long. And I, one of my complaints along those lines, why I butted in, not just for no reason, is because uh, they need to split these levels up. Really, I think you could have split these in the in the. Uh, two levels well, because you need it's tough and I know there's a sort of yeah, a semi one, one, there, one, two. but it's that's a long way to go uh, to get all the way I mean each level takes a good 10 minutes to get yeah, through yeah, each level is about you know? 10 minutes now long. luckily when you die they don't take you all the way back to the beginning of the level because no. you would jump off a cliff no you, but you, there it, are checkpoints but they're, yeah there's somewhere places along the way where they'll start you back but even then it can be a, a D especially when it's a boss the first boss of the first level, when you die, it sets you back a decent amount of way. Yeah, yeah a little you know, bit. So that's one thing I'd like to have seen, something with a little shorter levels. But the absolute biggest unforgivable sin of Hybris, yeah. not enough unique bosses. It is imperative for shooters, especially when you have all these little squadron ships flying around of all these different styles and different colors. Yeah, I could line off all the bosses up, and all the midway bosses, even though the midway boss and the end boss is the same, and is they're basically the same between levels. Incredibly disappointing. Incredibly disappointing for to get somewhere and be like, oh, I've already killed this guy. Why am I killing him again? Well, I mean, you get three. You get three sort of different there, bad guys. Uh, no, you don't. I mean, they're don't different. Say that. There are different though. There are three different bad guys. You I fight twice. I guarantee. I could line up the three bad guys, and you couldn't tell me what. Well, but that, still doesn't, what level. that still doesn't mean they're not different. That just means they don't, I don't know which level they were on. No. no. I, I, Boat's got the same problem with this. I mean, you, you got to understand, so the boss battles were not something... They weren't always commonplace, even on, 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 at home. Now, in the uh, arcade, they were... I mean, in the I, consoles, they I were... I understand what you're saying. I mean, Silkworm, and you know how much I love Silkworm. I know. Silkworm has the exact same problem. It has two it's bosses. Got, it's got well, I, well. It's it, got I, on two the Amiga, bosses. It's got. I think they're okay. It's. I'm not sure. It's 100 the same. Um, but even with those two major flaws, and those aren't flaws, the game isn't flawed enough to to go back and fix. Okay, you you can't just remake Hybris. Hybris is absolutely fine the way it is, and that's saying something, right? Because Something this old that can stand up to the test of time deserves to be celebrated. And I and I do. I celebrate Hybris. But but you have to understand going in, you're gonna play this game. If you play it hardcore for five or six hours and you're a decent hand at shooters, you're done. You've seen everything Hybris has to offer. I will say the third level separates the men from the boys. The first two levels aren't easy. This is not an easy game, but it's not ultra death hard. No, it's very And playable. I will say, I'll get into why this is a great game for that in a minute. But the third level is the level where the enemies start coming from behind yeah. and attack and stuff like that. That makes it a lot more difficult. And when you lose those power-ups... It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. That's funny. It's not as bad as in some games. No, you can still no. get by, but it does hurt. Yes. So, one of the best parts of this game, the guys that put this together, you can tell they're smart guys. For years, we never knew this. Ever. I learned it knowing the last few years. Okay. On the title screen where you pick your pilot, by the way, it gives you the choice of the, the man or the lady, but as yeah. far as I can tell, there's no difference. No difference. If you hit the space bar there, you go to the options menu. Okay. And the options menu in this game is outstanding. It doesn't just give you uh, your pick of up to nine men, 
It lets you pick how long between power up ships. Yes. It lets yeah. you pick how how the distance, how much time between when the enemy fires, the amount of enemies on the screen. It really lets you get in there. It really lets you tweak it. So what you can do is you can go through this thing and really set it up to your skill level. I mean, you can make yeah. it dirt easy. You get to there, just crush it. Yeah. If you want to, and there are plenty of cheats. Uh, in this, it's got built-in cheats to make yourself invulnerable, whatever, if you want to go that route. But, I mean, if you want to actually try to play the game to learn how to play the game, this will help you. You can slow things Absolutely. down a little bit, uh, which is nice. Uh, and I think, I wish every game like this had those sorts of options. Yeah, it'd be nice. Ultimately, between the uh, the graphics, the, the visuals, the sound, the options, and the ship configurations... I think this is one of your... I mean, is this one of the top Amiga shmups? Absolutely. Yes. It's in the top tier. Yeah. I mean, and there's maybe six I would put up in that area. I think this one is a big winner. Now, when this came out, the Brent, uh, you probably are asking yourself, I wonder how this thing did in the old mags. Well, the Lemon score for this is a pretty lofty 8.39. It's pretty high for Lemon. Uh, the uh, magazines at the time, uh, Amiga Computing gave us a 91... Amiga Resource gave us a 21 out of 25, that stupid scale. Uh, AUI gave us a 70. I don't know what they That's wanted. That's low. Yeah. Uh, uh, ST uh, Amiga Format, number nine, gave us an 82. These scores are actually lower than I would have guessed. No, I think that, I think these are uh, all fair except for the, the one. The gave it an 88. The average magazine rating, 85, yeah. uh, do, uh, $85. 85 uh, points, 85%. I think that's low. I think this is an A title, and I think that's like now there. Are, th- th- this game, if you think if you stack this up against a game like Banshee, for example, the AGA uh, shmup, which everybody loves, they share some co- similarities, especially on the water level, where neither one of them have animated water. That always bugged right. me. I wish they did have that, but I mean, these guys are already doing crazy well, stuff with the hardware. Flashes. What more do you want? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if we're gonna have water, let's do something. With it. Yeah, there are splashes, and, and Banshee's the same way. But I prefer this game to Banshee any day of the week. It's because a lot more playable. The music's great, and also I just think it's a m- more fun game. Yeah. Banshee's so dark. That's one thing that always bothered me. And people have to keep in mind that this is on the OCS. I mean, this is a this is basic. This shows me right here that the OCS was underutilized. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we did get some uh, incredible Discord action. We got a lot, actually, uh, the Brent. Uh, if you'll indulge me, I'll roll through some of these. I will. Um, we'll start off with our good buddy, the Soup. Lord Soup. He says, a Battle Squadron is an also-ran to Hybris for me, which that makes sense considering Battle Squadron came from the same folks. Um, Battle Squadron is great, but Hybris for me is the best vertical scrolling shmup on the Amiga. Yes, I'm counting Swiv, too. You have to kind of get a, get on a awesome roll guy. with Hybris, as the power-up system is a level-up system rather than pickups. You get levels 1 to 5 with a secondary attack mode, uh, for getting those pesky uh, shielded ground targets. You also have holy moly overkill shoot zap mode where your firepower goes mad. Yes, the music strangely Sid, but uh, strangely Sid like, but I love it. Oh, Loses so a couple channels when you are zapping and blaming. Yes, the graphics could be better, but I love this game. Did as a kid, do now. It just works for me. Maybe Swiv is the better game and you have a buddy. And boy, Swiv is a uh, uh, is a tour de force. But I love this game. Nostalgia has me by the heart on this one. To hell with what my mind says. I go back to this often. Nine out of ten. P.S. I still shoot, suck at shoot 'em ups. <laughs> David Hearn, writer. He is a true writer, by the way. I've read a book. Uh, Hybris is fun, well designed vertical shooting shooter, uh, giving Amiga users an arcade experience at home. Back then, I remember the cool intro tune. Natty loading screens and funky attract mode pulling me in. It only got better as the first level loaded with a futuristic sound and my ship took form and blazed across a desert world blasting alien ships and ground installations into the ether. The power-ups are solid, the graphics are neat, whilst the music is just ace. The type of tunes we mavericks like to roast our foes to. My only gripes, it needed more variety in the attacking ships and some... Uh, are apologetic rather than menacing. Eight out of ten. That's true. I also want to mention that we did we left out two things that are sort of cool. One, your the ship comes out of this incredibly huge ship. Yeah, and I always wonder why they didn't just bring that bring ship that to the battle. Yes. And two, 
I will say when you put your name in and when you just get used in demo mode, it does have some great looking stuff. You have the the name table spins around yeah, in a circle and it, ju yeah. it jukes. It's got its own little theme. I love that. Mitsuyama, our good buddy, chimed in. He says, Harvest was one of those early games that I played on the 500 and coming in uh, coming from the Specky, it seemed arcade perfect to me. There may be better shooters than the Amiga, but Harvest gets so many things right that it remains a favorite of mine. Like many games in this genre, getting good relies on your memorization or memorization of the levels, not just the enemy patterns, but also location of hidden fruit, floppy disks, Coke cans, for all those important extra points. The game is tough, but you never feel that any of your deaths are cheap. If you get too greedy and start taking risks to chase points, then the game will punish you. While there doesn't seem to be much improvement to your firepower when collecting power-ups, this works in your favor when you eventually lose a life and all your power-ups you've picked up as you, as you are never too underpowered to continue the game. Knowing when to use power configuration and smart bombs is essential to making progress. The game rewards practice and it's satisfying when you beat your high score. Eight and a half out of ten. These are glowing reviews, Absolutely. by the way. Uh, our good buddy, the Pajokster, Pajako6502, writes, Liam Neeson, well, you know when it starts out with this, it's going to be something. Liam Neeson once said, I have a very particular set of skills. And apparently my particular set of skills is sucking at this game and being a bullet magnet. A great arcade shooter that forgets that it already had your money. Hybris can be quite grueling. But on the plus side, you can continue. And watching a playthrough, a good player can get through this in about 30 minutes. Personally, I've found the green slash red enemy bullets a little hard to see at times. And, prob and probably me epically sucking at this, but it felt great as the hitbox was gigantic. But Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Uh, the hitbox was gigantic is what he said. I didn't read that very uh, correctly. Now... None of this makes Hybris a bad game. Tough, but not bad. I couldn't quite gel with, uh, with it, and so sadly, I don't think I could go back to it out of choice, but would give it a go at a convention. He may do that, because I think he's coming to town. My only actual complaint is having to set through the ship intro sequence every time you die, which for me was a lot. Music is awesome, graphics are great, and the ability to mix up your ship with add-ons is a really nice plus although makes for an easier target, but also acts as a shield of sorts. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out if you like tougher shooters, a solid Amiga game, 7 out of 10. And finally, our own Alan Breeder, Alien Breeder, a.k.a. Alan Breeder. <laughs> I believe you've caught him a few times. Alien, right? you think the guy named Alien Breeder would be all up in this. Well, I don't know. You're beating up his guys. Hybris is an excellent point. Well, I guess they're all aliens. Breeder review, Aaron. Hybris is an excellent game. Uh, that I remember being impressed with back in the day. The graphics were impressive, but the scrolling really made this look and play great. Oh, yeah. The build-up so upgrading system was pretty innovative and adds a nice element to the gameplay. I give Hybris 850 top bananas out of 1,000. That is a, that's a rough scale, <laughs> the top banana scale. Overall, Brand, any final thoughts on the old Hybris? Uh, I think this is a game you can go back to and always have fun. Yeah. Uh, and that's tough to say from games. Uh, I, I think it's a very fair uh, shmup, and uh, I, I enjoyed going back. Even though I did not get to spend a ton of time with it this week, I had enough time to remind me of why I enjoy playing Hybris. I played it tons. I played it more than any other games we played this week. Well, that doesn't say much. It's double awesome. I never can get enough of it. Uh, and that's why I picked it for our very first show because I wanted a surefire winner. And I, I like it as much now as I did then. It's aged well. Oh, yeah. It's a great absolutely. game. Absolutely. I should mention that uh, uh, if you'd like to pick this up, it's funny. Uh, someone posted this on the Discord. Uh, there's a copy of this right now in the USA, by the way. Uh, you can get a box copy with a little rip in the cover for 14 American dollars, not counting shipping. No, Money well spent. I'm trying to keep myself from buying this thing because I'm a big fan of our original game, and it's still fun now, the old hybrids. Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind.
get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting-edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for supporting this episode. Was that your news dance? Yeah, well, I know. I just I know if I talk when the robot's on the screen, I get punished. You'll get you will be beaten. Uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, Amiga Addict here. Boat has you know God bless the boat. And I should mention that Boat's at uh, performing tonight up in Charleston. That's right. He's he's putting on a show. At a, he's playing at a bookstore. I think it's a jazz thing. So and there you go. But he did leave me some good news here. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is our good friends over at Amigo, Amiga Attic. Not Amigo Attic. That'd be, <laughs> that would be funny, though. Uh, they, they, their new issue has shipped. Uh, we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago, uh, Brent. Do you remember this uh, fun fellow here on the screen? Yeah, that is, uh, I believe that is the guy that does the paintings, right? Bob Ross? No. <laughs> what? So he straightened his hair and dyed it? No, that's Garth from Wayne and Garth. Oh, Garth. yeah, same thing. Uh, this is the the newest issue out eighteen. Uh, the uh, they have a review of the uh, recently licensed Tank Mouse. If this is the same Tank Mouse that I should be getting, uh, which was a uh, it's a wireless deal. Uh, I can't wait to get it. I signed up. I paid for it a long time ago, so I'm hoping that's what that's coming out here soon. They talk about the latest game jam, which we're going to actually cover in a little bit. Uh, they they uh, look at the uh, art contest. They uh, they talk about the new port of Wonder Boy. You ever play Wonder Boy? Oh yeah, you like it? Yeah, it's a it's a platform. What are you gonna do? Well, there you go. Uh, they've got the uh, joy of A Rex and Creative Wrestlers. Man, I haven't heard that's a thing I haven't heard about for a while. It's old A Rex Hoffman is in, so you know it's gold. He looks at the stunning new Batman Rises demo, which I've seen this demo. It's pretty cool, and a uh, uh, much much more. Coming out. So if you haven't checked out uh, Amiga Addict, what are you doing? Are you nuts? Have you checked out Amiga Addict? I, 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 have, I have flipped through a few that, uh, that Mr. Uh, John had. Yeah, and they're good. That's good. Oh, absolutely. We've got multiple buddies that are running this joint. Yeah. So you know it's gold. Uh, Amiga Addict, if you're interested, check out Amiga Addict. Please visit them over to Amiga-Addict.com. Listen. You could have the actual hardcover, well, it's not hardcover, but the actual magazine, the physical magazine, will de- they'll deliver it to you. All points. You can also buy this in stores. I've, I've been told you can even get it in stores in, the, in America, but I've not Ooh. seen it. But I know in the UK, you can get all the place in, uh, in Europe. You know, you don't see a lot of hardcover magazines. Have you? Have they ever had one? <laughs> would you shut up? And then also, you can get a PDF of this, too, if, you're, if that's your bag. So check that out. Damn. Now, that, well, I mean, listen, it's 2023. They, 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 that's the way it rolls. So uh, here we've got a new game, uh, Geo's Quest 2. This is from Indie Two. Retro News. Uh, in Search of Queen Lorraine. It's a, a graphical uh, adventure game for the Amiga. Let's have a, let's have a, a gander at this. If you're watching here along uh, on, the, uh, on the stream here. You know, the Amiga's gotten a ton of new... Uh, just a lot of love here recently. Yeah, and and we, we played a bunch of that stuff when we were uh, uh, when we were doing the Amigathon, and so now you know I'm not the biggest fan of these uh, point and click games. What about I mean, you've played some back in the day? Yeah, oh you? man, that's actually real nice graphics. That's, that's pretty bizarre looking. Uh, I'm not. I'll be honest. With you, I'm not familiar with Geo uh, Geo's Quest One, so I don't know much about this one. Uh, but it looks pretty. It looks kind of neat. Hey, when you got new games coming out for your thirty-year-old computer, that's good time. Thirty. It's older than that. It's been around for uh, since eighty-five. It's ancient. Uh, so if you're interested in this bad boy, uh, it looks like you can actually download it now. This is the completed <clears throat> version. Uh, it says here he started in two thousand and he stopped in two thousand two and he returned to it. Uh, it turned to it for uh, 20 years later, finished it up, and took it to the house. Now, listen, i got to give the guy credit for that. Let's see if we can find who, who actually made this game. Oh, Paul Galan. Good for you, Paul. You don't want to leave unfinished business uh, no. when it comes to that sort of thing. 
And so, going back to something like that is always tough. Yeah, that's always neat. Always tough. I think that's neat, man. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, check that out. Of course, Indie Retro News. And we're going to back there for another one here. Here's another one here. Uh, this is back to Indie Retro News. Uh, Temptations, an updated Amiga 1200 slash CD32 port uh, demo of an MSX game released in 88. Now, I, I'm not... That's a lot to unpack right there. I'm not super... Uh, schooled on the MSX. I love the MSX stuff. I, I like that. That's a heck of a machine. That, yeah, and, 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 it's okay. And over here in America, like, no one hardly talks about it. It's a few people. And uh, I, every time I've played it, I've had a good time. I've played it on stream a bunch of times. So let's see what we've got here. Aside from, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to tell just from looking at these, but this looks like some sort of, uh, uh, let's see, shooting platform yeah, where you play a monk. Here. Look at that, that's crazy. We know often monks, they're known for their violence. Let's see what the indie says here. Uh, this, is an, uh, this is an updated demo of the work in progress. Um, according to the developer, this is a red pill uh, Amiga conversion uh, of a game from Toposoft, which I've never heard of. Someone, you got to think, if someone's taking one of these kind of obscure MSX games and porting it over, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, it looks great. You wouldn't you wouldn't port over a dud, theoretically. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you might. I don't know. I don't know what you would do, but that looks pretty good. We're going to check this out. Again, it's Indie Retro News. Uh, the demo is available, uh, Brand, if that's your cup of tea. Oh, now, this I've heard about. I, I actually heard, uh, I believe the guys over at Pixel Guide and talked about this. Roguecraft. It's an upcoming Amiga roguelike from Badger Punch Games. That's a great name for Badger Punch. So, um, I mean, another new item coming out here. Man, you're all cup runneth over. Well, you know, it, we get lucky sometimes. Roguecraft's a cool sounding uh, title. It features higher uh, detailed quality gameplay. So, I guess they've just updated uh, what they had before. Uh, I don't think this is currently available. Yeah, this is an upcoming. So they've got footage from it. Oh, here's the footage. Let's have a look at it, the Brent, see what this thing looks like from Badger Punch. We've played something from these guys before, I believe. Oh, so this looks like an isometric. Oh, this looks nice. So Isometric grid-based yeah, adventure. Is, it's a. I've actually played something like this on, like, a, a, oh gosh, the Neo Geo, I think, maybe. It's, no, it was the TurboGrafx. It's one it of those... Uh, when you move the, you get a turn, then the enemy gets a turn. Games. These are actually really fun and strategic. This looks really it nice. Really does. The graphics in this look nice. Uh, the uh, I love the elements of the dungeon as they un unfurl in front of you. This looks like it might be a winner. It's got an inventory. It's got your stats. It's got auto mapping up in the corner. Very nice. So this is definitely one to keep an eye on uh, from Badger Punch Software. Oh, there's a release date on this. Let me see what they've got here. Um, in 2023. So, yeah. out sometime this there year. There you go. So, flip over to Indie Retro News and check that out. We love Indie Retro News. Yeah, yeah they're awesome. The last item on the list this week, uh, Amiga Tool Jam. Tool Jam. Tool Jam. Now, let's see what the heck is this thing. Uh, this is the opportunity for Amiga software developers. Uh, it's a software development challenge which runs for six months. And the goal is to create new and interesting tools for the Commodore Amiga. So I guess that you're going to be making utilities. Yeah. Uh, software that has, you know, GUI, commodity stuff. Uh, they've got a bunch of rules here. What, do you think you could ever do anything like this? Uh, no, Have you I, ever programmed I, in your life? I, I, I've done, went down that road. It was very short and the bridge was out. So I turned back around. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I was very similarly uh, 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 experienced with that sort of thing. I didn't have a very good run at it either. Uh, the Tool Jam, uh, it runs for six months. It says here it starts in one month, 27 days from the time of recording. This is uh, March 3rd. So, and, and, um, and basically, it was at March, April, in May, I guess right around May 1st. Probably May till about the end of the year. You can kick in, and it's going to run six months. Uh, all it says here, submissions are open from April 30th uh, at 6 to October 30th. Halloween is right around the corner. You know, that, here's what's awesome about that, yeah. right? Games, there's glory in games, right? Yeah. There is very little glory in, in applications and tools. 
But to to thrust them into the spotlight, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, well, it's it's. I think it's kind of neat to uh, to uh, get the. I never thought about having a tool a tool uh, contest. That's kind of goofy. I, I mean, like I can. It. it makes sense. No, uh, I absolutely. Yeah, I, I, it makes sense. Uh, uh, I will say that. So that's all the news we got here. Let's roll over here to the site updates, uh, Brent. Just a few things to talk about this week. We'll go over them. Um, I will say I did do a product review this week. It's a rare thing on the Onshalai uh, portable lap deck dock. 1080p monitor slash keyboard. That's all. Hey, you pronounce on Shalai. Like, <coughs> here's my first recommendation. Get a new name. That I got too hard. This is a wacky gimmick that is a computer monitor that is literally hinged to a keyboard. So it's like, and that's it. So the keyboard is it's half the size of the monitor. It's very strange. But it's actually a pretty good gimmick for, uh, for stuff like the Mr. Or uh, uh, you know Raspberry Pi uh, or uh, a little a mini PC. So I take a uh, I would say fairly in depth look at that. Yeah, uh, it was actually pretty neat. Uh, did you watch that? Yeah. Oh, I can't it believe it. Uh, did I? Yeah. Uh, also, I we looked at on our on uh, the Coco show. We looked at Module Man, which was a uh, interesting Coco game that me and the boat took a look at. And then lastly, uh, Brent, tell the people what we were getting up to in D-Makes on ARG this past week. We looked at D-Makes on the D-Makes show. What did you think of the D-Makes? How, how did that thing, uh, how did you get along with the D-Makes show? Um, I thought it was a fun show. Uh-huh. I, I think the games we played, one of them was was uh, better than the other one, let's say. Which but, one did you think was the best? Uh, oh, well, obviously, the Mirror's Edge 2D was better than the That's right. Atari 2600 Portal. Correct. Good, correct answer. Uh, flip it over to the Stream Team channel. Uh, we had a couple entries this week. Uh, I did a stream on, on the original Xbox. Man, did I have a good time playing that last week. It was so much fun. Yeah. There's so many great original Xbox tiles, and you never hear anybody talk about the old Xbox. Much like the Wii. I had a good time. So if you want to watch some uh, uh, old Xbox stuff, check me out. And then Sprite Castle, I gave Rob credit on this one. You know, Rob's one of these van life guys. He did a show on uh, where he played a game where you drive around in a van and you pick up geeks and you got to make them happy and you have to find money and stuff. And I watched him play. It was so much fun. I had a good time watching that. It was one of Rob's best streams. He's grossly underviewed. So if you get a chance, hop over to the Amigos stream team uh, and uh, for good grief, subscribe if you can, but the bare minimum, check out Flag Show. I really, really enjoyed that one, Brent. Absolutely. So, with all that said, Brent, why don't we check out what me and the boat will be playing last week? I think you might want to chime in but, on this one. But not, I want to be a part. You're not involved. Oh. Sorry. Next week, folks, we're going to be looking at Hero Quest oh. on the Amiga, and some, and I believe it has a, at least one or two expansions as well. Now, Hero Quest. I assume this is based on the Hero Quest board game Assuredly that so, we yes. that, that I've played multiple times. In fact, I owned the Hero. I owned a bunch of Hero Quest stuff for a while. I ended up selling it to my buddy, <laughs> who was a big fan. It's funny because he's the one that gave it to me in the first place. Uh, yeah, so I probably I feel kind of bad selling it back to him. No, but, you don't. Well, by the time he by the time he wanted it back, it was worth a thousand times more than it was. Hero's Quest is a, is a game that is very expensive. It's sort of like. The uh, if D and D was a board game with and the modules were expansion, that's the best way to describe it. It's it's one step up from Dungeon if you ever played that, uh, but it's not up to anything past where it's at. Like there's stuff now that have came out that is way more D and D like, and you could probably name a couple things. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Hero Quest is a bit of a a a slice in time, uh, but. It is worth. You can go back and play HeroQuest right now and have a great time. Man, you know uh, um, uh, the uh, very legendary Amiga Cammy's in the chat with us, and she just writes up: HeroQuest is the greatest board game ever made. That is high praise. I and so you know agree. if that if if Cammy's saying that, you know it's gold when it comes to the Amiga. That'll be a lot of fun, and I know Boat is looking forward to this one as well. Uh, and we want to give a shout-out to the Boaster, and we'll see you uh, next week uh, when Boat gets back to town. So, with all that said, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Did you have a good time filling the big chair? 
Uh, it's the same chair I sat in. On Which you don't oh, tell people. Uh, it's a big chair like a throne. <laughs> oh. Brent won't Man. be... Man. Whoever rules this kingdom sucks. Would you shut up? Oh. Brent won't be coming back, everybody. Oh. Take it easy, everybody. We'll see you next week. And until then, uh, adios. adios.